Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors winning 108 to 89, defeating the Sacramento Kings in what was a wire to wire victory, led by five performances, two of them absolutely sterling. The other three, I would say, a cut above, a cut above what we're used to from those guys. The three, Fred VanVleet, Kem Birch, and Chris Boucher. The two sterling performances, Gary Trent Jr. And Pascal Siakam. And this is the thing about Gary Trent Jr. performances is that he can look like the most dominant scorer on the floor for a stretch. And he's still coming in at under 40 per sorry, under 50% from the floor. These are the shots that are being given to him in the offense sometimes. He's taking end of shot clock possessions. And to be shooting in a game like this on his shot diet, 47% from the field, super, super impressive. Would it be great if he could get to the rim? Of course. Would it be great if Fred could also get to the rim? Of course. But guess what? It's not really in either of their bags right now. So they're succeeding at what they can. And Gary Trent Jr., in this game, the minutes he had with the bench units, like four bench guys plus Gary, really leaning on his shot creation for himself and his shot making. And when he is plugging in with the starters, saving some possessions late in the shot clock. So a guy like, I don't know, Pascal Siakam, can create with less help side creeping in on him, less defensive attention, and that ends up with 32 points on 12 field goal attempts. He was 9 of 10 from the line, 3 of 3 from downtown, 10 of 12, 84, sorry, 83% from the field, 32 points. Pascal Siakam was every bit as dominant as he's ever been. This was one of the best shot-making games we've ever seen from him. He just had... A heater. He was on one, man. Mid-range. Downtown. Wiggle and get to a push shot. Get the advantage. Get the shoulder down. Get past the defender's hip. Make them reach. Make them make a mistake. Go to the line. Shoot 90% from there. Masterful. Just boogieing on dudes. Getting to all the spots he wants to. And providing significant offensive punch. He was in rare air. Incredible form, Pascal Siakam. I love to see it because I was, oh, so disappointed last night with the dialogue around Pascal Siakam. Like, he can't have a bad game in his fourth game back from a torn labrum where he had surgery and basically didn't do stuff with that arm 
for like four months and then was rehab. Just give him a little bit of time. He didn't make all NBA by accident. Okay. He's a good player. He hasn't fallen off a cliff. He's still good. Just give him a little bit of time. And this, he's not this guy. I mean, he's not 32 on 83% shooting. But this helps bring his averages up to kind of like a healthier middle that we expect to see from him. Just, yeah, fantastic Pascal game. That is the banner from this one. And not only on the offensive end. He was really, really strong defensively. Cycling through rotations, covering up for other players, and blowing up two-man and three-man actions. And then occasionally, a decent isolation possession. Can't win them all. He did have a mistake in def- like defensively. He closed out too aggressively on Marvin Bagley, tried to reach in, got crossed, and then then an end one. But that's okay. It was one defensive mishap. And what I, you know, what was otherwise like a super strong offensive game, and that coupled with his offensive performance, Pascal Siakam was sublime. And the conscientiousness in the interview he did post-game where he gets out there and he says he's just working on being kind to himself because he says he's too hard on himself. And that, you know, it's been a long road back from his injury and that that injury in particular is difficult to come back from. And you know what? Good. He gets a lot of crap online. I hope he doesn't see any of it because it would melt anybody's brain into a puddle of like self-deprecation, I think. And the fact that he's maintaining like this headstrong look of like, I have to be kind to myself. I have to give myself time. I'm human. I'm recovering. I'm trying get, to get back to a high level. One of the best players in the world, right? Like Pascal Siakam at his best, at the peak of his play, was arguably like a top 20 player. So one of the 20 best basketball players in the world. He's just trying to get back there. It's a big feat. And I'm I'm very welcome to watching him attempt to do it. And I'm glad he's attempting to be kind to himself on the way up because we all deserve kindness and most of us don't treat ourselves kind enough as is so be kind to yourselves as well listener please it's something you deserve something we all deserve and it's something that pascal is doing so uh commend him on that and then like kem birch fred and uh chris boucher really plugging in fantastically kem really great defensive game sean holmes is a guy who averages 14 and 10 on almost 70% shooting. And in this game, he had six and three on 40% shooting. And like, is it fair to acknowledge that? Yes, absolutely. Rashawn Holmes is a guy who, you know, over 70% of his makes or shot attempts, well, I guess makes by this metric, are assisted. And, you know, he his numbers a lot of the time are dependent on how he's being serviced as the big, as the finisher in a play. But... Ken Birch did a fantastic job of making sure that, A, he couldn't be the finisher, and the rest of the team also did a great job of loading up on ball handlers and making sure that they didn't have a bunch of time to work the ball to Rashawn Holmes to finish those plays. And Kem, I mean, hell yeah, dude, really won the battle on the boards in this game. Same with Boucher. They just brought real punch there. Nine boards for Kem, 12 for Boucher. Kem, man, four offensive boards again. Boucher, three. And this goes back to what I talked about with Joe Wolf on on the weekly podcast, which is this team is really getting on the offensive glass. And to see Cam Birch go out there and grab four extra possessions for the Raptors, that was awesome to see. He was he was awesome tonight. Defensive rotations were crisp, battled on the boards, had a push shot, made a push shot, which was one more than Rashawn made tonight. And that's like Rashawn's whole bag. And for everybody listening to this podcast, they know 
Rashawn is one of my favorite players in the league. So am I any lower on Rashawn because of this? No. But I will happily say Cam Birch got the better of Rashawn Holmes in this game. If you want me to eat crow about it, I'm not going to eat crow. But I have no problem saying Cam won this matchup and did so handily. Awesome Cam game. Well done. Four steals, two blocks, by the way. Woo! Cam Birch. Look at you go, dude. You just had a phenomenal performance. And then Fred, man, he's just chilling out, working off of Pascal. Yes, he had seven turnovers, okay? Not his best work. And Davion Mitchell deserves quite a bit of credit for that. I thought he was, you know, he was pretty sharp defensively. But on the other end, I mean, Davion Mitchell was bad offensively. And I think Fred deserves a lot of credit for that. Same with, you know, Tyrese Halberton. Very muted game. You know, it's, it's just fantastic. And also, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, like, Pascal Siakam was mirroring Buddy Heald off ball. That was his matchup for a certain part of this game in the first half. And he was just awesome. Playing such good defense on a shooter like that. And the length deterred and made sure that Buddy Heald couldn't get into open space. The way that Pascal was navigating screens was really sharp, diligent, just really fun to see and kind of lends itself to think back to when Pascal was more so, you know, known as a defender rather than a, you know, an offensive player, which he's still absolutely known as a defender and should be, should be. And uh, when he used to like, he guarded John Wall in a playoff series. He guarded Russell Westbrook for a full game. I remember in that 2018-19 year when it was still Westbrook and Paul George. I mean, he checked Westbrook. Like, he's a very unique athlete. He's very fast for his size. And so he can take these really unique defensive assignments and and play them extremely well. And he did so. I was really happy with how he played heel. But yeah, Fred did some point guard things. And it definitely could have had better decision making. But that's okay. The defense was tight. He provided a little bit of catch and shoot stuff. So hell yeah, Fred. Keep doing your thing. And then like, man. Chris Boucher, this was a, a potent game defensively, I would say. For for his, what we're used to seeing from him, the, the hot-handed, sorry, heavy-handed rotations that we're used to seeing from him. In this game, yeah, they had a little bit of punch against the Kings, who I think are the fourth-ranked offense as far as points scored. I don't know about offensive rating, but... They weren't that interested in making the extra pass in this game. So a guy like, you know, a guy like Chris Boucher, who's coming in swinging, he wants the block. That's pretty good. It works out pretty well for him. He can get himself into some nice situations defensively. He's not going to get got. And in this game, not only, you know, defensively, but on the boards and providing a little bit of punch uh, offensively, that was really nice to see. I was... I enjoyed that thoroughly. And just for posterity's sake, the Kings are the seventh rated offense in the NBA. So in case you're wondering, you know, how did the Raptors really do? Did they play against a bad offense? And that's why they were finally good again after what, over the last eight games, having by far the worst defense in the NBA? Well, they certainly didn't tonight. Rotations were pretty crisp. They were, I mean, the Kings shot really poorly from downtown. And some of that, like, 9 of 37. Luck is baked into some of this stuff, but the Raptors are forcing the hand of luck. Like, they're looking variants dead in the face and saying, try me. Do your worst. (laughs) It definitely did its worst. 
over the past eight or nine games. Absolutely, it did. But in this game, nine of 37 for, for the Kings, it certainly, it tried, but it failed against the Raptors. They they applied that heavy ball pressure, and the only guy who was really breaking it was Harrison Barnes early, but not often, and then De'Aaron Fox, who is as good at punching into gaps as anybody in the whole NBA, and is just, for a guard, an incredible finisher at the rim. But outside of that, the Kings hardly created anything at the rim and created heaps of three-point shots that just didn't drop in this one. So the Raptors' defense comes out looking squeaky clean, man. They looked really sharp in this game. And could that have gone a, you know, a little bit worse based on, obviously, three-point variants? Certainly, it could have. But it didn't. So 108-89, the Raptors, they wrapped this thing up. And, you know, Scotty Barnes, to his credit, he is now adjusting to not the rookie wall, but he's adjusting to the adjustment that the NBA made to him when he came out and he was averaging like 19 points per game as a rookie who so many people talked about as a limited offensive prospect. He's going to kick ass defensively, but he's not going to do much offensively. If he scores six points per game in his rookie year, just be patient. Like that whole thing. He's been way better offensively than he has been defensively. And that's not me saying he's going to be a bad defender or anything. It's just, it's hard to guard in space in the NBA. It's a bigger floor than you've ever been on, especially if you're a big man and you're guarding in like team concepts and you're guarding space and proximity to the rim instead of just guarding other guys man-to-man. Like Scotty Barnes, I think, has been pretty good in man-to-man defense this year. But a lot of the time he's spending is in like weak side or help side. You know what I mean? He's not... He's not really playing on ball. So that's where he can kind of get lost a little bit. Play like an astronaut floating off into space, you know, on occasion. But he's adjusting to the adjustment. In this game, the pass is hot and heavy. A couple of them in transition, namely like a beautiful eh, pseudo no-look pass. Because it did look like he peaked. It looked like he peaked, but he turned his head away and made a big flash of it anyway. Which you're supposed to do. Of course, although Spencer Dinwiddie just the other day had an interview where he's making fun of Kyle Kuzma for doing the same thing. But Kuzma is an easier guy to make fun of than Scotty. So we're going to let Scotty get away with it. Anyway, passing well. The six assists, one of eight from the four fits. And for the reason that Pascal was three of three from downtown and he took, I think, like five mid-range. I think he took six mid-range shots. And I think he had five of them or four of them. Anyway is because the this, the Kings were packing the paint. And Pascal had the jumper as, you know, something, an alternative that he could go to in this game. And he really made it rain. That's also why it's so impressive that he got to the line for 10 free throws because it took some really nimble drives on his behalf. But Scotty didn't really have the jumper going. And he's not as willing a shooter as Pascal, nor should he be. Pascal is a, as, you know, a couple seasons proving that he can shoot, catch and shoot, and then, a season where there's a little bit of volume and a little bit of efficiency on the pull-up. Scotty's coming along in a number of ways. So he's not he shouldn't be as comfortable as Pascal is. And I hope to see Pascal get even more comfortable with the the jumper, especially as a counter. But anyway, Scotty's adjusting to guys loading up on him in the paint now. They're not pressing up on him, scared of the dribble handoff stuff or anything like that. They're sitting back and they're saying, we're not giving you a driving angle. See if you can make anything happen. And over the past few games, he hasn't really been able to do that. He, he'll have to figure out how to play in space a little bit. Maybe he's going to lean on the jumper a little bit more. Nick Nurse had talked prior to the game how he wants him shooting threes. Like, this is something he's looking for. Maybe that's coming too. Who's to say? But in this game, 
a tough offensive process for him, but he still made good passes, still did what he could. Precious Chua, by the way, had like an okay stint with Chris Boucher. The Chaos Bros, I would say. <laughs> like they there's a lot going on when those guys share the front court. And especially with like Gary Trent Jr., who was he man, he did some lifting with those bench units. He did his best. I was really impressed. And the shot making isn't always gonna be there at that level. And if it is, then Ooh, man, if if Gary Trent Jr. can sh- always shoot like above 45% on this type of shot diet, that is uh, a crazy valuable player. I, I don't think he will. And that's not to say he won't. It's not to say he won't shoot like 45% or, you know, around like 43 to 46% from the field because his shot diet gets easier depending on the game. But in this game, it was a really tough one. And if he shoots over 45% on shots like this, Man, he's an incredible basketball player. Like, truly remarkable. And so, yeah, the Raptors walk. They ran out some funny and funky, I would say, bench lineups with uh, Gary Trent Jr. And it, Precious and Chris, I mean, they had a uh, super, super funky front court going on. And Svi Mihailuk and Delano Banton plugging in. Banton running out in transition is like a maniac. It's the, it's the thing I appreciate most about his game. Because when he's in the half court, the Raptors get stuck above the break. They run like a ton of handoff plays, sprint handoff, sprint handoff, sprint handoff. He doesn't create anything. And Banton, when he's out in the open court, he's manipulating lanes. He's using these little drop dribbles. He's very deft and he's fantastic and he's fun in the open court and uses his length to get to the rim. He also has very clever steps, uses his steps in a good way. And so all that stuff is good. And we saw a little bit of that from Banton tonight. Svi was really trying to make it rain from downtown. Finally got one to go. He's such a heady player, and he's really strong and functional athletically. It's uh, if he if he could figure out how to apply himself perfectly in the context of this roster, his athleticism is a huge boon. Sometimes it really is valuable on defense. Sometimes and offense, finishing around the rim and stuff like that. He's He's very strong and he's very flexible and coordinated, all that stuff. He just has to shoot better from three because he's getting good looks. It's not like he's getting, he's certainly not taking as difficult of shots as uh, Gary Trent Jr. And uh, to see him, you know, I I hope the three-point shot comes along because there's a lot of other stuff to like and all that. But yeah, man, the Raptors, 108 to 89, they really dominated this game. It was awesome to watch. Uh, Reggie Evans Award, Kemp Birch, who else? Just a guy who's out there hustling, winning the matchup against Rashawn Holmes, who is having just a really great year this year. Rashawn Holmes has been awesome. He's He's been ranked really highly, you know, defensively by the eye test and the numbers. His offensive numbers speak for themselves. Rashawn Holmes is not an easy matchup, and Kim Birch ate his lunch. Super fun to see. Good for him. Top quick reaction comment is from WTF8838, quote, Thank God they stopped the aggressive trapping defense. Very few wide open threes tonight. Let the boys use their gifts to play straight up D, end quote. Uh, agreed and disagreed on a couple of those things. They're still playing a super aggressive style. Like, th- there's very little difference to this game and the game against the Bulls or the Knicks, for example, uh, or even, you know, uh, the Nets. But they certainly aren't trapping. Like, if you listen to the podcast I did last night or even my Twitter timeline during the game, I was lamenting the trapping. Why are you guys trapping? Like the the Jazz attack with advantage better than maybe anybody else in the league. Why would you trap them? And anyway, the Raptors persisted. 
throughout the first half to trap them and get absolutely a barrage of triples. But in this game, the Raptors' contests were better, um, closeouts were better, but they're still pulling off the three-point line. They're still digging in from that that spot on the floor. Uh, the scheme is still very similar in that regard. They're just not trapping at the very top. So if uh, straight-up D, they're not, they're not playing straight-up D. They're absolutely not. But uh, no more trapping. Totally agreed on that. And so... Uh, yeah, avoid the trapping in the middle of the floor. It's not going to work very often. It's fruitless endeavor, fellas. Oh, we have a response to the comment from MZ. Hey, MZ, appreciate you, brother. Quote, not sure we can glean much from tonight playing against such a bottom-feeding team, though, end quote. Hey, man, these are the games. They play the games. And as I said, you know, coming into this game, the Kings were the seventh-ranked offense. A, a top 10 offense. They're a good offense. They score the basketball, and the Raptors were really good at getting them not to score them tonight. Of course, variance could be a part of that, as I you know said earlier. like This truly wasn't a non-aggressive defensive scheme tonight. It was just uh, they just had a better performance, although the trapping, definitely we agree on that, uh, WTF. But anyway, thanks for writing in, fellas. Listener, thanks for tuning in, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day, and bye.